0: And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that does mean that it is time for the good news. Chance to get together and look at some of the brand new stories that I have found, maybe some older stories too, but stories that have crossed my desk this week that remind me we really are creating a world that works better for all. First up tonight. The U.S. State Department announces Welcome Corps. This is a way for citizens to sponsor refugee families. You can learn more at welcomecorps.com. But the way it really happens is this is actually modeled after a Canadian refugee system. So when an internationally displaced person, or IDP, uh wants to come into the country or if a citizen wants to support that some uh, people some refugees, what happens is at least five people or at least five permanent residents, have to get together. They've got to prove they have ten thousand dollars. A way to help the family get uh, get stable as far as housing and social services. When that happens, a whole consortium of nonprofits open their doors and start providing resources, instructional sessions, uh, ways to help these families understand how to how to help the refugee assimilate into our lifestyle and. Uh, Now, they say the advantages of this is rather than a government entity doing all the the hands-on stuff, it is real people. It's people in the community doing all that hands-on stuff, and that makes it feel like it's a warmer and more inviting experience for the refugees. If you'd like to learn more, again, well, head on over to WelcomeCorps.com. Uh, it's a really cool website. I was there this afternoon looking at it. Uh, and if uh, if you'd like to go together and you know put together a, a consortium, a group of people to to host a refugee, uh, let's look at that. It's a great, great idea if you have the ways and the means. All right. Now, next up is no stranger to the New Thought Media Networks. Good news story. We've been following the story of Boyan Slat and his nonprofit, the Ocean Cleanup. For a number of years now, and well, Joe Gebbia, uh, one of the co-founders of Airbnb, has stepped up and donated $25 million to the Ocean Cleanup. He said, quote, I'm proud to partner with the Ocean Cleanup in their crucial work to remove harmful plastics from our oceans. He's again, uh, and then also continued by saying the Ocean Cleanup has created systems and technology that actually work at scale. In order for them to deploy across our oceans and rivers they now need to scale their funding it's my hope that this donation can inspire others to act as well Boyant was uh, quoted as saying joe's continued support of the ocean cleanups mission has a direct impact on our operations all over the world thanks in part to his generous assistance we were able to scale up our work in oceans and rivers helping us reach our goal of ridding the, o- the world's oceans of plastic. On behalf of the world's largest ecosystem, we are immensely grateful for their support. You know, it takes big money to do the right thing for the environment and for our planet, and that's what these guys are doing. Thank you both, Brian and Joe, for stepping up and saving the oceans. And not too soon, because it may just be... Uh, the oceans that save us as well. Researchers in Australia uh, are successfully making clean hydrogen fuel, and they're doing this from seawater without any interaction. They're splitting the hydrogen and the oxygen. Uh, The authors, Professor Kai, says we have split natural seawater into oxygen and hydrogen with nearly 100% efficiency to produce green hydrogen by electrolysis using a non-precious and cheap catalyst in a commercial electrolyzer. This is big news, folks. Uh, If it doesn't make sense, that's okay. It's big news. We we used seawater as a feedstock. While well, the need for any pre-treatment processes like reverse osmosis, deoscillation, purification, or authorization without any of that, they don't need to do anything. They've developed uh, is, uh... wow, <laughs> I didn't know we could split the water uh, into hydrogen, well, obviously we couldn't until now good news happening all over the planet and this is going to be a big one because we do have the seawater we clear it up we have enough seawater and the ocean has enough seawater uh, if we were to do, use that as our fuel how many games would be changed by that i like this story folks hey if you wonder where we get our stories from it's often over at the goodnews.com uh good News Network, uh sorry goodnewsnetwork.org Uh, We find a lot of our stories over there, and you can too, so if you do, drop over, say hello, give them the love and attention they deserve. They do a great job of curating uh, many, many more news stories each week than we could possibly cover. Uh, I just kind of pick some and from various sources. Or if you know of a good news story you'd like us to cover, please send us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. All right, before we take a break, one more good news story for the day. Bioengineers ha- are growing skin in the shape of a hand. Now you may say, Robert, this is no big deal. We've been using engineered skin for quite a while now uh, and that is cur- true. Current engineered skin uh, comes in flat slices, flat pieces, and it's kind of tough to to shape into a specific body part like a hand or a foot. Well, Columbia researchers, Say they're engineering skin cells into complex three-dimensional shapes in experiments using mice is a groundbreaking first step to creating a skin glove. Uh, the lead developer said three-dimensional skin constructs that can be transplanted as biological clothing would have many advantages that dramatically minimize the need for suturing reduce the length of surgeries and improve aesthetic outcomes he hypothesized that a 3d full enclosed shape would more closely mimic our natural skin and be stronger mechanically other comp- Another compelling use would be facial transplants where our wearable skin would be integrated with underlying tissues like the cartilage and muscle and bone and offering patients an alternative uh, to what's out there today. Uh, I, I'm not sure about the skin, uh, the facial, <laughs> um, um, but if, if you're in need, go for the facial transplant. Uh, what a wild story. But these are the kinds of things that Really, folks, they remind me every day that there is an infinite intelligence out there. It is bringing forth a brand new vision of how we can extend our lives, live healthier lives, and live uh, longer lives as well. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break, let some of our sponsors say hello, and we'll be back in just a couple of moments with more good news stories here on the New Thought Media Network. It's Friday night. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network Friday evening. Thank you for being with us. Brother Wayne, it is the circle of love here on a Friday night. Thank you for being here. Hey, and let's do a quick shout out and a thank you to our producer, Diego, for being here every Friday night with us as well. He hangs out in the background, makes sure all the different stuff goes the way it should and does a great job of it. So thank you, sir, for that. All right, back into our good news stories for the evening. Uh, this one really caught my eye. A man in Stockton, California, has built a solar-powered trike uh, from spare parts. Milton, uh, Milton Butler is a self-avowed invent- in- inventor. He said, I'm an inventor, and that's all I know how to do. I invented something that people can use everywhere. It came to me in my sleep, and I saw how the sun is always out. So I went out and got my boys, and we built something that we can use from the sun. Uh, that's what Butler told a local uh, television affiliate. And over on the goodnewsnetwork.org, there's a video you can catch where you can see uh, catch uh, Milton himself. I love this idea. If you look a little more closely, it's a trike uh, that's got uh, small, uh, just a small motor. And Milton said he built this out of spare parts he found around his garage. Uh, He named it the ducky after his ex-wife. And he said he uh, is currently in the funding and development phase looking for investors who are committed to creating a better world. We're with you there, Milton, for sure. This is a cool looking device. I think you're going to see these around. Uh, It's a platform with a tricycle type bike set up, and a, 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 excuse me, a solar power and generator station in the back, charging the whole system, solar power, I love it, good work, Milton, thank you for being on the planet, all right, next up, from our department of, uh, yeah, we kind of knew this, uh, researchers have found uh, lower use of drugs for depression, anxiety, insomnia, high blood pressure, and asthma among urban residents who often visit green spaces regardless of income level or education. Uh, this is a Finnish team uh, from Finland, Finnish, uh, a Finnish team that, that the, uh, said the frequency of visits to urban green spaces. Uh, was absolutely key. Not just seeing them, not just looking at pictures like this, uh, not just looking out the windows, but actually going out and being in the green spaces and the blue spaces, bodies of water. For those that live in more rural areas, we don't think of these things. For those of us that get to visit the mountains quite often, we don't think of these things. But if you're living in a big city, this is a very, very important part and uh, participants reported whether they could see the green or blue spaces from any of their windows at home, and if so, how often they took in those views, with options ranging from sel- seldom to often. Uh, potential influential factors included outdoor pollution and noise, household income, educational attainment. Uh, many ideas were, were found. Uh, and uh, the equivalent, the frequency was uh, 16% lo- uh, lower um, uh, 16% healthier overall for those that made the trek to visit these spaces at least three to four times a week. Pretty cool stuff, if you ask me. Hey, here's another really cool story that we found. An Ohio man is making a difference creating dialogue uh, rather than fights. He, he created a, a gathering called Dinner in a Fight. Uh, however, it's really dinner in the dialogue. And we've got a little video we want to show you. Let him tell you all about this and share more of the story. Uh, so, Anybody in pain? Anybody lost the relationship over politics?
1: We are here to confront the pain that I've experienced, that many of us have experienced, right? We can do disagreement without breaking a relationship. we just might learn a skill or two. We would like to be hopeful. We would like to know that we could do this as Americans. Democracy is rooted in disagreement.
0: Great story, folks. If you get a chance to visit the website, you'll learn that the people come together for a dinner, truly to sit down and have a meal. And during the meal, are introduced to some icebreaker questions, get a chance to know the people around them. Uh, then everybody is brought together into a room to uh, add some provocative questions and some provocative insights. And they use a a system of chairs to to allow different individuals to be the voice of opinion uh, from strongly agree to strongly disagree. And each person can, and people can choose to share from a chair, from a chair and that, that perspective. Following about 45 or 50 minutes of that, everybody goes back to their tables for dessert, and during dessert, they have a chance to wind down their conversations for the evening. There are groups open across America right now, and you can start your own group. Information is available on their website. Please do check that out. All right, we're going to take another quick break here and uh, let you see a little bit more from our sponsors. But we'll be right back. We're not done. we got more good news coming real soon. Stay tuned. Watch me change when you change the way
1: you look at things. You look at change When you change the way you look at things
0: We're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Thank you for being with us. By the light of the silvery moon, we're bringing you the good news stories that remind us we're all in this together. If you'd like to share your good news story or perhaps come on and be a host one night, Drop us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. And hey, let's remember a big shout out to our dear friend, Reverend Barbara Schreiner Trudell, who was last week's host. And you're going to be seeing her on the first Friday of every month. She'll be here sharing the good news uh, with us as well. So if you'd like to be a guest host sometime again, let us know we'd love to talk to you. All right. Before we wrap it up tonight, we've got a few more good news stories for you. And first up, I'd like to introduce you to Juliette L'Amour. Now on the left is Juliette when she was age five. On the right is Juliette holding a check for $48 million. We're going to tell you how she got from one to the other. See, back in 2010, uh, Juliette Uh, what, uh, and her sister, Sophie decided they wanted to do something for the people of Haiti. Uh, if you remember in 2010, Haiti was rocked by a a massive earthquake. Uh, well at a Canadian, uh, hockey at a hockey game, uh, Juliet and her sister, Sophie emptied their piggy bank. As you see there, they came up with $61 and 38 cents and donated it to the Canadian Red Cross to help with relief efforts. As we are learning, uh, a week or so ago, Juliet was on her way to take her grandfather some ice cream and stopped to ask him what kind of ice cream he wanted. He suggested, as she had just turned 18, that she buy a lottery ticket. Well, she took him up on it, however, didn't know how to do it, and called her father and said, Grandpa told me to buy a lottery ticket. What do I do? How do I do it? Her father suggested she do a quick pick. Sure enough, first time she played the lottery, Juliet, and her quick pick at her grandfather's insistence, wins $48 million, Canadian. Congratulations, Juliet. Uh, I wonder how quickly Sophie, uh, her sister, said, uh, hey, you're going to share some of that with me, right? <laughs> uh, and fortunately for Juliet, her father is a financial advisor. Uh, so, we might have one of those better stories than a millionaire uh, blowing all that money real quick. Congratulations, Juliet. I'm sure your grandfather gets ice cream for life at this point as well. Hey, here's another wow story. Let me introduce you uh, to Aldolfo Molina. Uh, Aldolfo. Uh, was in traffic in Massachusetts during a recent storm, recognized that there was a car out of control. And what had happened is the woman had had a medical emergency and had passed out, uh, lost consciousness at the wheel of the car. Uh, Adolfo jumped out, chased the car across three lanes of traffic. Now, it doesn't seem like it was under power because he was able to slow it down enough uh, that no one was injured. The car did eventually uh, hit a barrier, and that's what uh, uh, stopped it. There is video evidence of all this. Uh, However, the video ends, uh, or the video does show that uh, the car hit a divider and stopped. Uh, Again, the woman was taken to a nearby hospital and is okay. Mr. Molina uh, was uh, hailed as a hero, and, uh, and we do the same. Thank you, Abolfo. Good work being a good person out there. All right. This one, oh, this is a story that strikes my heart. Uh, meet Miss Patty. Uh, Miss Patty, Patty Reitz has been driving school buses for the Clarence Central School District for over 30 years. Uh, and during that time, she has crocheted hand crocheted over 7,000 hats and has been giving them away to her bus riders. And, uh, but uh, and this all started, uh, actually, she started doing the crocheting in 2005. Uh, and as she, uh, one by one, students started saying something and she just kept doing it. Uh, her specialties are either, either an elf hat with pom-poms or sort of a potato sack shaped affair with tassels on the corners. She uh, uses all kinds of yarn, takes donations of yarn. I imagine she'll be getting many more donations of yarn in the near future following this story. Uh, and she says she has no intention of stopping and will keep doing this for as long as it takes. For as long as she can. Excuse me. Can't do it anymore is what she says. So she can't do it anymore. Thank you, Miss Patty, for being a driving light in the world and bringing more of who you are and your special passions to the world as well hey our final story tonight is another one wow i would like to introduce you to david rossler uh david is the gentleman in the middle here uh david was five years old when a belgian family the roulette the roulette boules excuse me boules. i think you said as how you say it uh saved his mother and David from the Nazis and hid them during the end of World War II uh, and hid them in their house. Now, eventually, over time, David's son, Lionel, has been trying to find the family that hid his father and grandmother. Uh, He eventually, Lionel, eventually connected with a genealogist, Marie Kappert, And they were able to track down Anne-Marie's son, Xavier. Anne-Marie was the woman who helped to to hide them as well. Um, They were able to do all this cross-referencing. And sure enough, uh, Xavier uh, announced that he still has family. And one of the family members actually still lives in the house. So they arranged a... Uh, a meeting they arranged a connection and a a rendezvous if you I don't want to call it a a, well anyway uh, that they got together and were able to share and David was able to visit the house where he hid as a child 80 years ago wow uh, the family is nominating George Roulettes, the father uh, who made the decision way back then, uh, for an award. And, uh, and uh, this is just an amazing, amazing story, folks. This is the definition of oneness. This is how we know for sure we are all connected and that everything is happening exactly as it must for the highest and the best of everyone. Hey, I'm Rev. Robert. I want to thank you for being with us here tonight on the good news on New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a half an hour, Reverend Michael Mangus with the Fireside Chat. That kicks off at six o'clock mountain time. Uh, and of course, then we have our final closing prayers for the evening at 8:15. We'll be back tomorrow morning with Saturday morning science of mind and spirit conversation series. Tomorrow, Dr. Tracy Brown practitioner extraordinaire will be with us and sharing her wisdom as well. Stay with us here on the New Thought Media Network. Thank you to all our sponsors, donators, committed givers, and everyone that makes this network possible. On behalf of everyone, I want to wish you a peace and richest blessings. Until next time, bye now.
1: Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver for your continued support. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta for your monthly contribution. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome Ohm Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Seattle for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hefferlin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a super special thank you to Dr. Tracy Brown, RSCP. Thanks for being a super donor and a big shout out to all our committed donors.